Life Balance on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Between now and five o'clock, we are talking careers, we're talking finance, and we've got some of the best experts live on the line to answer your questions. Are women better leaders? That is the question we're asking today. And what can we gain by putting more females in positions of power? Joining us on the line now is Samantha Rolls. She's Growth Operations and Naval Development at Circo Middle East. Samantha, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm really excited to have you on the line today. You believe that we don't need to fix women, we need to fix workplaces. And if we were uh, on TV right now, you'd see me nodding along like a little nodding dog. Um, and when we look at the UAE here, it's really interesting, actually, in terms of the numbers. There are currently more than 23,000 women managing investments and projects worth 50 billion dirhams here in the region. But we still need to increase representation of women on boards of directors. And I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about you and your current role at Circa Middle East, Samantha. Yeah, of course. So, as you mentioned, I'm the Growth Operations and Enablement Director and part of the Executive Leadership Team for Circo Middle East. And just for a bit of context for anyone who hasn't heard of Circo, we are a British FTSE 250 company. We have 4,500 people and have been operating in the region for over 70 years. Um, and at our core, we manage our clients' assets, people and data with a consultancy wraparound focusing on the end user experience of those facilities and assets. Um, and as stop, well as all that, stop, I'm a very... Stop, Samantha, you, you, lost, you lost me there. You lost me. What does that mean in, in your particular role? What does that mean yeah. for the community, the business community, and what does that look like? So my role um, in particular, um, I'm the executive lead for... Um, I cover business planning and strategy, client engagement, um, anything to do with bidding and the marketing communications function as well. Okay, and, and as a visit, we are fundamentally managing and operating clients' assets. So, for example, we operate and maintain the Dubai Metro, which is a project, of course, everybody mm -hmm. will know here in the UAE. So let's have a look at some of the research that Circo has done. Revealed that only 20% of roles and operations in the UAE are currently held by women. And I just wondered, given your experience, what do you think the reasons behind that currently are? Yeah, so this is exactly what we looked into um, at Circo through our research and the data analysis only confirmed the challenges that we, we suspected existed um, and, and of those 20% of females identified in operational roles, they were the less technical jobs, um, more customer facing and soft services roles and the majority of females um, in those roles were, were at the, the lower grade supervisory and below. Um, and that really reflects the statistics, um, I think, that we see mm -hmm. generally around the world of, you know, when you go in at an entry level, um, the, the split of males and females in businesses is very much 50-50. And the higher up the organisation you go, you know, the, the lower that value becomes. So 26% at executive level and down to as low as 5% at CEO level. Mm -hmm. um, so, so to really shift the needle here and to start, um, to, to start to make a change that we knew we really had to, we, um, we really wanted to understand from men and, men and women in our organisation why they believed this was the case. And there were some really clear themes that came through from the work that we did. Um, one of those was very much around gender bias. So that featured significantly and was identified as one of the top barriers for females progressing to more senior operational roles. Um, and by this, people articulated that they felt and experienced a stereotypical view that women are not strong enough or don't mm. possess the emotional resilience and decision-making power compared to males. Which is nonsense. Um, <laughs> it is utter nonsense. I'm wholeheartedly with you there. Um, and I think because 
the, the majority of these roles are entirely occupied by males. The, percent, the, the perception kind of perpetuates mm. that that's the entry criteria and success factor. Absolutely. Um, so I, women... know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you, you can't be it unless you see it, unless you've got, you know, women you can look up to and people who are living that lifestyle and, you know, being paid the salaries in roles that you want. It can feel like a huge emotional and confidence barrier to actually put yourself forward for many of these roles. And equally, if you've got people who are the gatekeeper to those roles, if there hasn't been a woman pushing those boundaries and kind of pioneering those positions, it can be a leap for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of, you know, that's one of the biggest things when I say that we don't need to um, fix women, we need to fix workplaces. You know, women uh, tend to lack confidence because of the system that they've they've been a part of for so long that's almost knocked that confidence. Um, the, the, you know, organisations operate very much on a success model that was really born out of the early 1900s when men went to work and earned the money and women stayed at home doing the domestic duties or looking after the, the children. And that's such an outdated success model today. And, you know, the world has moved on quite significantly for men and women, yet we're still judging success by who stays in the office for the longest, um, you know, number of hours. Um, people who prioritise... Yeah, yeah, exactly. People who prioritise... Um, work over family and life, who are good at self-promotion, all these things. So, of course, um, you know, women with the more feminine styles feel that they're not accepted or appreciated. And I think that that gets more difficult the, the more senior the organisation you go, if we're honest. And Samantha, are you able to tell us a little bit about your own journey in the workplaces, the challenges that you've faced so far? Yeah, I mean, I've always worked in, I guess, what can be identified as male-dominated industries. So um, I guess I'm not one to shy away from a challenge. Um, but firstly, I should say I've had some amazing experiences and met some fantastically influential people during my career that have had a, um, an amazing impact on me. And my very first sponsors were, you know, absolutely men in the workplace back when I was a graduate. Um, and also I've had a particularly outstanding female manager who was really the first person who really kind of made me realise and understand the positive impact that I could have on those around me and the change that I could help make for women in the workplace. Um, but I think from a challenge perspective, it wasn't really until I became a mother that I truly understood the hindrances of what being a woman at work um, and certainly a working mother meant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pre-motherhood, I could pull those 12 to 14 hour shifts daily. I could work twice as hard as any man and get the, the recognition I deserved. I could do all the kind of the male stereotypical things to achieve that success prototype. But of course, when you become a mother, those those things become much more difficult um, to do. Yeah, they do for, so, for, for various reasons. From a very practical point of view, in terms of you know needing to be there and you know hours in the day, but also from an emotional point of view as well. You know, priorities do shift, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing. I mean, I, I've I've said time and time again that I became a better employee after I had children because. My, I was much more focused, I was much more productive, I was getting more done during that working day than, you know, anyone else in the building because I wanted to go home and see my baby. I wasn't, you know, just sitting at my desk and, you know, just kind of idling around the time, which I, which I may have caught myself doing before that. Um, I want to talk to you about the, uh, the idea of having it all, Samantha, but any questions for Samantha, do get in touch on 4001. Samantha Rolls is the Growth Operations Enablement Development at Circo Middle East. Let us know your experience. We're also going to be talking about the potential long-term impact of the pandemic on women in the workplace. We heard yesterday, if nurseries do not open, it's going to be women that are going to be most affected. What do you think? 4001. Lots of you think you know what our mystery sound is as well. If you are among that, let us know. 4001. I use the Dubai 
iMessenger app. Just the words upgrade my lifestyle and your name in about half an hour. We could be giving you a call to guess live on air. Could you be going into the draw this afternoon to win a three-bedroom apartment rent-free for a year? Life Balance on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Talking women in business this afternoon, specifically women in leadership positions in conversation with Samantha Rolls, Growth Operations and Enablement Director at Circo Middle East. Um, we're asking you, what have been your experiences? Can you have it all? Samantha, can you have it all? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, um, I'm afraid. I'm really glad you're um, honest. I don't think you can. <laughs> it's something I'm so passionate about, and I really need, we all need to be real and honest um, about life. And with today's social media culture of everyone's lives looking amazing, we drive these behaviours, I think, for this generation and the next where, mm-hmm. um, you know, we never feel good enough. I, I just really think it is impossible to have it all. There really is always a trade-off between work and family life, and it's really just trying to get the best balance that we can but accepting that there are always going to be um sacrifices mm-hmm, i agree i think i think the idea of also of work life life balance is quite challenging as well because you know if something's going well in one area the chances are things aren't going to be going you know terribly well in the other whether that is mental health or family life or you know career opportunities as well i think you can be doing it all <laughs> but, mm. but something's certainly going to suffer i'm much more in the kind of mindset of Sometimes you might need to give more to your work. Sometimes you might need to give more to your family. And there's going to be this ebb and flow of, of attention and time and hard work. And we'll look back at it and be like, okay, that was really bad for you know a, a little while. But yeah, and I think it's the really same is really relevant for men. It is absolutely, and I feel like we have this conversation much more about women. And I think men mm. often face perhaps the same challenges, but it's just not spoken about that much. And we assume that men are absolutely fine to be at work for 14 hours a day and not miss their family, and that is so rarely the case. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the more we try and portray that we've got our just together all the time you know but again the more we perpetuate that companies think that this is normal and this is okay and they don't need to do anything about fixing the workplace or driving flexibility because people are just getting on with it and doing it i i agree and i think um Anne-Marie slaughter who is something that who, who i really really admire and has some, written some amazing books around women in the workplace she's always very um quick to say you know i'm introduced as a speaker you know as a someone who's been in you know the, the, the biggest political spaces and business spaces, I mean, you know, as, as my accomplishments, but then people never introduce me as a mother, as a mother of two. Or, and I think that's, that's so key because I get this a lot. I, I do honestly get this a lot on Instagram. Um, how do you do it all? You know, you're working, you have two kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm always the first to say, I'm often really tired, um, but, the big, but the biggest reason is I have really good help. We have a nanny called Loretta who gives me the headspace and the time and the confidence to go back to work and was it you know allowed me to do that when my daughter was during three and a half months old because that's all the all the time I was able to do but I feel like there's got to be a bit more honesty and transparency and whether that is going to a boss and saying I need to be there on my child's first day of school and be honest about it rather than saying I'm under the weather I need to go to the doctors because we've got to be weaving in more family life it, it has to be it has to be the way everybody does it, male, male or female. A um, message from Laura saying, how can we change organisations' view of family flexibility at work to cater for children's needs, especially for women leaving the office to get home without being penalised for their missed presence? What do you think there, Samantha? I think it's a real cultural shift that um, we're looking for to really um, change the dial on, on this conversation, to be honest. 
Um, and I think that if there's any positive that we should take from the recent COVID situation, I think that these kinds of things are being accelerated. I think workplaces have just naturally become more flexible. Lots of people are, are looking at, you know, just yesterday there's a by government human resources department announced flexibility in start times um, between 6.30 and 8.30. Siemens have announced that employees can work from wherever they like for two to three days a week to try and shift this emphasis to outcomes rather than hours spent in the office. And I think all of these things are, are aligning with, um, you know, more flexibility around around families and, and, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting, actually. Um, a good friend of mine is kind of spearheading this in the UK. Uh, she's got Anna Whitehouse and she's got a blog called Mother Pucker and she's working a lot with the UK government on flexibility. And I was talking to her recently and she was saying, it's just been such garbage. Over the last two years, you've had all manner of companies saying, we can't offer flexibility. You know, working from home is just an impossibility with our industry and, and our, you know, the people that we employ. And then the pandemic hits and suddenly they've got no choice. And guess what? It's actually going quite well. And I think, um, you know, a lot of eyes have been opened. But as I said, you know, on yesterday's show, we were talking about the challenges facing nurseries. And a lot of working parents haven't had the answers that they need on nurseries reopening. And we heard from Sean Robeson um, from Idea yesterday saying it is women who are going to be suffering because ultimately when we look at, you know, not to make gender stereotypes, but when we look at the hard numbers, women perhaps are earning less and it makes more sense for them to stay at home and support younger children before they go to school or around school hours. What are your thoughts on the long-term impacts of the pandemic on women in the workplace, especially in those higher positions, Samantha? Yeah, it's difficult. And again, I think it reflects the stats that we see today in terms of, you know, the reducing numbers of, of women, the higher up the organisations you go. And you know, I particularly struggled during um, the, the pandemic um, in terms of everything at home being modelled between, you know, getting up and teaching in the morning and parenting and working, um, you know, those long, long hours. And it was really, really off. difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so difficult. Um, I was kind of the first one to, to jump up and get back into the office. I'm not going to lie, just for a bit of separation between the different places <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's right. So, um, you, you know, I'm really keen to get back to normality and get the kids back to school as, as quickly as possible. Me too. It's on the calendar. There hasn't been much on our war calendar this year I'll be honest but the 30th of August has got a massive circle around it Um, I just wonder lastly what advice would you give to women who want real leadership opportunities at their workplace moving forward yeah so I think women just really need to be the change that they want to see and lead by example Um, diversity and inclusion and quality you know it's all part of a leader's responsibility you don't have to have a fancy title to demonstrate leadership so impact what you have immediate influence on um, find men who are willing to willing to champion diversity at every level. You know, none of this can can work without reaching a tipping point of men and women who really want to have an impact in this area. So, you know, and if you ultimately don't get the results that you want, then you know it's really important that we we believe that we can change what we cannot accept, and and, and people almost vote with their feet. I think. And I think it's also a case of finding companies that align with your values. You know, I'm a firm believer. I know it's very challenging now when. It's so competitive for for job roles, but when it comes to an interview, you know you're interviewing that company as much as they're interviewing you, and finding a company Absolutely. that is a, a, that's aligned. And I was going to say forward thinking, but it's not forward thinking to think about flexibility <laughs> or to think about you know accepting working parents, but for them to have an understanding of your priorities, um, both in terms of personal life and in terms of professional life as well. Um, I wanted to ask you lastly, where can people find out more about Circo and some of the research that you've done? 
Yeah, so they can go to the, the website, um, which is www.serco.com forward slash Middle East, um, and check the webpage there. Brilliant. Samantha Rolls, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Um, you are the Growth Operations Enablement Director at Serco Middle East. An absolute pleasure to talk to you and keep up the great work. Keep inspiring others and keep the conversation going because it's only by having it that we realise, and judging by the text message we've had in today, that how many women need to be hearing it. Thank you, Samantha.